do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. Knowledge ideas, perspectives, and research insights on topics that matter. Business advice for better decisions and growth. Latest on the world of innovation and ideas. A look inside a global world beyond borders and an open view on social challenges. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.isade.edu. Hello and welcome to the Isade Doers, podcast about entrepreneurs and innovators. Our guest today is Radina Popova, co-founder of Default. Hi, Radina. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Davide. <laughs> nice to see you again. Yes, likewise. So can you tell us in 30 seconds, uh, what does your company do? <laughs> Directly jumping to the elevator speech. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, one of the co-founders at Default. Uh, we've been active for the last three years and something. And we exist uh, with the main mission to really to change the culture of uh, disposability and single-use packaging by offering a new generation of uh, more functional, foldable, reusable products and vessels. And our first product is the origami bottle, which is a lifestyle reusable uh, water bottle that folds just like origami and can fit in even in your pocket. And uh, it's a flagship product that represents a whole design technology that can be applied uh, in many other foldable products uh, that and we are patenting a wide range of collapsible patterns. And with this first product, we want to start a bigger reuse refold revolution, also bringing other foldable, uh, easy to carry uh, reusable vessels and products also in the packaging space where we can really have a much bigger impact. So in 30 seconds, that's it. <laughs> okay, great. No, so really, uh, really noble topic, really noble cause. No, we are uh, all unfortunately living under the effect no, of overproduction and, and pollution. So um, moving towards sustainability, this is great. You mentioned that you are uh, patenting the, the um, kind of the process. Uh, was that your idea? Was that coming from one of your co-founders? Uh, how did that uh, came up? Uh, yeah, the idea and uh, the foldable uh, principles, they're coming from my co-founder, Peter, that uh, we met with him after I graduated from Asade. Uh, and uh, basically, we started uh, not as the usual startup that is solving an issue and a problem that sees in the world, uh, but more with an invention first uh, um, yeah, idea that which is this abstract foldable technology that we started looking at uh, what applications and industries it can, uh, it can be applied and what problems it can solve. Uh, so he, he came up with these foldable um, patterns uh, more than, I think, 10 years ago or something like this. He, he just accidentally uh, stumbled upon it and he thought that it might be something that has already been patented and invented, but then it turns out that it hasn't been. And he started developing the whole, um, yeah, whole application uh, with uh, exploring the different geometrical uh, uh, relations uh, that can be applied to any uh, conical tubular shaped container. Basically, this is the main thing. We always have uh, four polygons around the circumference of any tubular shaped container. It can be a conical. Uh, 
a symmetrical asymmetrical one that allows it basically to fold like origami up to uh, 80-90% in volume, while at the same time it's super solid and stable when it's unfolded. And uh, yeah, we are patenting um, this invention. We already have uh, our European patent application granted. It. And also the one in the US is going through the procedure. And in addition with every product, for instance, with the origami bottle, we are uh, having other separate applications for design patents, etc. So it's uh, yeah, a lot of IPR strategy in development as well. And it came from him, but he was needing he, he was by himself and he was needing somebody that is more with the business marketing background uh, that can bring uh, you know the whole strategy uh, of this abstract technology how it can be turned from invention to innovation in the world and this is where I stepped in of course we are working closely together so it's not only me being as an input for the business uh, aspect but yeah, it was the two of us that basically formed the basis of, uh, of everything. Okay, so really kind of getting from this, um, now we have uh, a technology, there is an opportunity here, let's see where we can apply it uh, to then build kind of a business around it. Was your goal to build, uh, let's say, a profitable business? Was your goal to be um, kind of helping the world being more sustainable from the beginning or which one kind of was uh, the leading, let's say, aspect for you? Uh, I would say both, although for me it was just interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm always taking some uh, challenges <laughs> in different aspects. Uh, so as everything that sounds uh, like not obvious and uh, like something that I don't know, I, it just brings yeah, an interest in me. And uh, it was just an opportunity that... Uh, I just took and uh, of course with the purpose to to build something bigger and especially since it's in the sustainability space and there is so many uh, things that you can solve uh, I mean try to make things better in order to to solve uh, to be a, a, a tiny thing that can solve uh, the climate change issues uh, it's much more motivating than uh, the money aspect, which uh, is uh, probably will pay back in the future. It's still not like we're like super profitable or we've raised millions of <laughs> funding, etc. Right. So, uh, so yeah, we, both of us are more mission driven and to mm -hmm. really to make an impact and uh, and to bring something that is meaningful to the world that somehow helps solve this. Uh, plastic issue mm -hmm. worldwide problem that we are in is this your first company it's my second uh, chronologically speaking because uh, after a study i was uh, for uh, for some months in berlin working for a biotech startup actually one uh, one of the projects in a study where i was uh, working for them leonite mm -hmm. uh, um, and then uh, some yeah, I did a five months uh, internship that was supposed to to turn into a full time job, but uh, it was not the right time for for me to be there. So mm -hmm. then it came a uh, uh, it came this opportunity to go back to Bulgaria and to join another team that is uh, developing uh, was in an early stage also developing Wostack. It's a modular wall system that mm -hmm. works like Lego. And you have these panels that are foldable and stackable, and you can use them for different um, 
interior solutions and uh, expo stands, uh, um, office spaces, etc. So I joined the team. There were three guys. One of them was Peter. Actually, he was the, the person that I knew the least at that time. And uh, we got along uh, working together on Wallstack, and he offered me at the same time to, to join Default. Uh, which was not default at the time. Uh, and we applied to one accelerator program, which is part of the climate kick com- community mm-hmm. in Europe. And we we got accepted and it basically set the beginning of, of everything. Uh, and eventually, uh, I think it was in the end of 2019, I decided to to step down from Wallstack because it's uh, yeah developing to start startups at the same time. And... Uh, it's difficult to grow both uh, things, and uh, right. I was also not feeling, um, yeah, satisfied with some things that were happening in uh, in Wallstack. I mean, in terms of on the team level, uh, which is always an issue if you don't get along uh, uh, with four people. I um, mean, the co-founders and everything. It's uh, you have to prioritize and uh, decide where to spend your energy on. So I. Uh, I entirely focused on default and also Peter is now entirely focused on default and Wallstack. It's still happening. Although after COVID, it's really hit it not that good, you know, with the event industry and office spaces and like not really being the same right. as it used to be three years ago. Um, but uh, it's still a very smart and I think, um, interesting system that has a lot of potential is just i decided to focus all of my energy and efforts on on default so basically it's my second startup uh okay good and you know the what is what i'm as well interested into is did you kind of always knew you were going to to become an entrepreneur or was this more uh kind of an opportunity-based thing when you joined your first uh company uh you never know. I mean, uh, before deciding uh, to do the master in innovation entrepreneurship in in Asade, I was much more on the marketing side and in marketing communication and advertising, digital marketing things. And uh, I I was twenty five six I think years old, and I was not sure. Like I didn't want to to continue my path in strictly following a marketing career. And I was looking for a change. And uh, I think the the master degree was such an opportunity. Uh, and that's why I decided to, to do something that can open my horizon and like open yeah, a whole new world of, uh, of business development and uh, eventually starting my own company. So yeah, I had it in the back of my mind, although I didn't have any specific idea or like a business model that I that I am convinced that I want to do by myself. Uh, so I was not doing the master de- degree with the sake of becoming a founder or entrepreneur. Although I come from a family also where my f- parents are entrepreneurs themselves. Uh, so maybe I've had it in my DNA. Um, but, you know, you sometimes take a change, uh, you see an opportunity, you go for it, and, and eventually uh, things unfold, in my case, literally. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, things unfold or origami or, or falls. And uh, and so the company is based uh, out of Bulgaria, right? Yeah, it's in Sofia, where I'm from, Bulgaria. Although we're spreading reuse worldwide. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, 
was it like a practical decision or was it as well a tactical decision? Uh, I mean, was it just because you were physically there or mm. uh, you, you chose like to, you know, in many cases, there is nowadays this conversation from people about uh, where should we set up the companies? They're like any country that's like kind of uh, either for the legal system or for access to capital that's better. Kind of what has been your reasoning to, um, to start a company in Sofia? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the main reason is that uh, both of us are Bulgarians and we are based here and it's uh, the, the least uh, cost uh, expensive thing. And since we, we've been bootstrapping basically until now, uh, it makes sense to be uh, where your foundations are. And uh, after that, maybe looking for uh, setting up other companies, although we have a uh, entity also in the US. So when we oh, did, okay, yeah. so you do have a yeah. US entity. Okay, that, that's typical. I mean, thing. our main uh, like mother company is a Bulgarian one, and mm-hmm. we have the subsidiary, which is uh, which uh, which is the default thing that is in the US, mm-hmm. and it's a subsidiary of Hyperfold, which is a Bulgarian company. Right, and do you? Uh, do you manufacture your own bottles or are you kind of outsourcing that part and you just uh, take care of the, let's say the IP and then the, um, and then, yeah, the, the, the marketing basically. Uh, yeah. For manufacturing, we are just starting production now, uh, uh, hopefully next week mm-hmm. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, the, the factory is based in China. So it's Oops, an outdoor yeah. <laughs> manufacturing, uh, although, uh, I mean, outsource, but uh, of course you're taking care of everything and mm-hmm. you're in a very close relationship with, uh, with the project manager and the workers there. I visited the factory itself uh, in the end of 2019, just before COVID hit. <laughs> right on time, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Before that, we were looking for uh, factories and partners here in Bulgaria and in Europe, but it was really a slow process and it turns out that the initial investment would have been four times at least bigger Uh, so I happened to travel to China and uh, I decided to see what it can offer and maybe if I haven't had traveled it would have been more difficult because I mean there's so many factories uh, there and everybody is trying to to be of help somehow but you don't know which the real reliable ones that can do the job for you are so I did some uh, research and uh, get some recommendation and references from other companies. So yeah, production is super hard. And the last year was uh, really a roller coaster <laughs> journey with all things happening. And finally, at uh, this year, I think we're on the edge of starting production and uh, deliver- delivering the, the first batch to all the people that backed our uh, crowdfunding campaigns. Right. So you, you just offered me the perfect segue. So uh, yeah. I was going to ask how you, you know, how you set up the launch, because you mentioned 2019, uh, we're in 2022. So it's a lot of time. Of course, uh, there's been a huge pandemic in between. Um, but you know, hardware projects are, of course, much harder and with different timescales than the typical software ones that we're used to. So Uh, I wanted to hear a bit uh, what has been kind of the evolution and uh, you kind of hinted to that kind of how you financed uh, the whole operations and the the production so far. Yes, exactly. So basically after chronologically speaking, so we we were initially accepted in the climate kick. There we got a small grant, like really a small one, just to cover some initial prototyping expenses for 3D printing and 
testing different uh, foldable patterns with 3D printing. And then the idea for the bottle basically evolved because we were uh, at the same time looking at, in the packaging space, what's happening, what companies are looking for. We had an initial hypothesis that we, are, we, we might be solving some uh, problems with uh, recycling and uh, volumes of packaging but then it turns out that it's not really a thing so we focused on reuse and then we saw that uh, it's better to to start by developing our own uh, brand and products that can represent the technology uh, and uh, there was one year after this uh, climate kick accelerator that we were basically bootstrapping everything and uh, with very limited budget until we really see what is the business opportunity. And then we raised a really small amount from uh, friends, family and fools, the three Fs, uh, where we got the initial investments to, to do the, the, the test mode. For the bottle to really to see whether this uh, 3d printed prototype bottle can be produced uh, with the materials that we had in mind uh, because moving from 3d printing to injection molding which is the technology for the production of the bottle it's uh, there is a risk and you never know until you test it the manufacturers they were also like we don't know this material is very innovative this design is also innovative you you don't know until you invest in a test mold so with this uh, initial funding from the three Fs, we invested in the test mode. We saw that it was feasible for production. Of course, there were other challenges that needs, needed to be solved on the production side, but it gave us a green light that we can do after that a crowdfunding campaign, which was the next step to launch the product and to really um, gather a community of early adopters and people all around the world that can uh, basically invest in the in the real production of the bottle which happened and we were so with the rest amount of the 3f's funding we basically developed the crowdfunding campaign and then we raised enough uh, funds for us to really to fund the um, the production of the default bottle and there was one year of delay after that all things happening with manufacturers etc and um yeah, so th this was uh, how things happened. And yeah, the crowdfunding campaign was a big project uh, that I really enjoyed <laughs> doing because it was more on my marketing domain communication side. That's great, no? And uh, I think as well, personally, how do you, uh, in a way, keep uh, keep motivated when, when it takes uh, so long? No, I think like uh, you... Uh, you probably want to, to to be shipping those those products to your yeah. customers, but it's taking so long. So, uh, how is that uh, kind of psychologically? How do you cope with that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just stubborn and patient at the same time, and uh, don't get desperate when things don't work out. And I try to switch off with uh, with sports and hobbies and the outdoors, which is really, uh, I think, keeping a balance. Uh, on my psychological well-being because the last year I was really like a, a buffer for uh, for backers for companies like everybody was always asking like friends you go out and I mean there were of course some lockdowns etc but you see friends and the first thing they're asking what's happening with the bottle and I'm always explaining one and the same story over and over again so it was a bit intense but you start uh, I don't know, accepting it and, uh, you, and Peter also like, he's very calm and, um, and we've never been, 
I don't know, not skeptical, but um, unsure that it eventually things will work out. Uh, so you just fight for it, and uh, you and you're you're developing this stoic uh, uh, way of thinking and accepting that. Yeah. I mean, you're doing your best. There are things that are out of your control. The world is. Uh, we, we've seen over the last two three years that all things are happening still happening exploding in different ways so you just um, focus on the things that you can do and you do them in the right way and you take the right decisions for the right time because in this one year then we saw that some decisions that we took one year ago which was after the kickstarter for instance we changed the manufacturer because there was another one that came in that looked like much more um a better partner in the long term, but eventually it turns out that it was not the, the right decision back then, but we we couldn't know at the time when we took mm-hmm. this decision. So a lot of learnings along the way, you really, uh, I think it's helping you to become a better uh, professionalist leader in the future, like all of these things. So it's not something that uh, I'm like trying to complain and uh, find excuses. It's more... Uh, yeah, like a character building thing. Mm-hmm. In and yeah, uh, so now the production is is ongoing, and so soon the customers will uh, it's have starting. Happily... <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> So I know soon customers will happily have their their foldable uh, bottles. Um, what's next? Uh, what are you gonna do? Like keep working on the bottle? Are you already working on next product? No, you start saying at the beginning that the idea is to use this mm-hmm. uh, technology to 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 overall reduce uh, kind of um, single use objects uh, and, and stimulate sustainability. So what's the what's the plan looking into the future? Uh, yeah, first and foremost, it's super important to get the origami bottle out in the best possible way. Uh, perhaps it won't be 100% perfect as we want it, but you have to start production and see how things will happen and start delivering um, the first batches to the people that will, uh, will keep a close eye on what, uh, what issues might arise or not, hopefully not. And uh, so the, ori- the sales of the origami bottle will be, you know, like the cash cow in the beginning. So it will be... Uh, we'll be generating uh, sales from it uh, and our main uh, target market will be the US. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we're building a D2C brand, I would say, but also with some B2B potentials. And now we are working also on the second uh, foldable product that is also a lifestyle product that we'll, we aim to launch um, towards the second half of this year. Uh, with it, we are also aim to show a, a, a different uh, application of the foldable technology, something that is more uh, shape-wise, like uh, a vessel for uh, for zero-waste shopping, for instance. So the idea is to develop like a category of our own uh, foldable products that we can use after that as a proof of concept to deeper the conversations that we've already started with uh, big brands uh, like Byersdorf, uh, Nestle, Unilever, uh, PNG that we've had the opportunity to speak with over the years. And uh, we have some insights on what they're looking for. And uh, so for the packaging space uh, in the following one year and a half, the idea is to have our first pilot program there with a brand or with a retailer because there are many different ways that you can enter this market and 
So we have some ideas what might be the right way. Um, and uh, yeah, from there on to see uh, what reusable packaging vessels we can develop that can be implemented in, in reuse refill model, models. I mean, there are different scenarios that are evolving now and uh, many things are happening either with online shopping or with bringing your own vessel in store for refill. Um, and yeah, we, we are solving different issues depending on the, on the business case applied. Okay, super interesting as well, no? And I think it's a very, very um, useful and relevant uh, topic and approach. So uh, I would say definitely um, let's keep us posted on that and see how that evolves. And I think now we have a better understanding of, uh, of Default as a project as well as uh, kind of where it's going. So uh, I'd like to move to the next part of the podcast, which is for people to get to know you a little bit better as, uh, as a person uh, and as an entrepreneur, of course. And so first question I always like to start with is about books. So which book are you currently reading? Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm reading. Actually, I listen much more to podcasts. <laughs> that, that counts as well, of course. <laughs> it's a very, very uh, interesting transition. Yes. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't watch TV series. And, I, I should change that uh, that question into uh, kind of what what kind of content. Where do you get your content from? <laughs> yeah, it's more <laughs> more uh, relevant. Yeah. Uh, but I also have a book that I'm currently reading uh, from time to time, and it's uh, as I mentioned, I. Like from podcasts, I actually started listening more and more about Stoics mm -hmm. and Asian philosophers. Okay, that's <laughs> and uh, I got to know Ryan Holiday. I mean, not personally, just okay. <laughs> this on podcast, and yeah. I started reading the the life of the Stoics, mm -hmm. uh, so the art of living, which tells the the story of the Stoics uh, from Zenon to Marcus Aurelius. How the whole uh, school of thought has developed, what are the main principles, uh, and you get to know the different stories. So it's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I just really associate, uh, when I was listening to some podcasts and people were, like speaking about stoicism, and I was like, ah, it really reflects with my way of thinking and philosophy about things. And I was like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm half stoic. Or <laughs> so it okay. would be <laughs> to get to know more about the wisdom and uh, self-control and these kind of things. Okay. Uh, super interesting. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's always uh, fascinating to me now to hear that uh, entrepreneurs have very different approaches to things. And uh, yeah, I like this uh, take on a more philosophical point of view. Uh, good. Moving forward, more in the uh, overall kind of uh, startup ecosystem, I would say, uh, what is a startup that you uh, currently active that you think it's interesting? Of course, uh, beyond uh, default. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there are a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, it's good to see that there are so many uh, people nowadays uh, being entrepreneurs and trying to solve different uh, challenges and issues and. Uh, yeah, being on the sustainability domain, although it's super uh, big area, uh, I I really like a lot of things that are happening here on many levels. But yeah, maybe the most inspiring and impressive thing is the uh, the ocean cleanup project. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, 
yeah, founded uh, by the Dutch Boyanslat, and it's really impressive uh, how they're trying to to clean the oceans <laughs> and stop uh, single-use uh, packaging and uh, rubbish waste reaching the oceans with uh, with these vessels that they're machines that they're developing and you know, they're positioning them in different um, areas and uh, yeah, and they're they are an NGO. Um, and they, yeah. I think they That's started right. by with crowdfunding as well. I think it's up to date. I'm not sure whether it's the biggest uh, crowdfunding campaign. Like they raised several millions, and and he's a very young guy and uh, really inspiring uh, to listen to him and to see what they're doing. And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's super interesting as well, and I guess uh, inspiring for you as a, as a project. Yeah, right? because we are on an approach. Yeah, we are on the side to prevent waste from bring, being created at first hand because uh, recycling is really not solving the issue, and we are trying to innovate on how to really prevent waste being happening, which is reuse. Whereas on the other hand, we have all of these. Uh, millions of tons of uh, single waste already created and being in the oceans and it's uh, just crazy like what's happening and uh, when you look at uh, these patches of islands of uh, rubbish and everything and it's such a big uh, problem that it's so difficult to solve and to see a company an NGO with a young person that really believes and fights for it and uh, and does something about it it's and they're really doing a thing it's, uh, it's just nice mm -hmm. great uh, and along those lines but not uh, strictly necessarily along those lines um, if somebody wanted to start a company right now uh, what trends do would you recommend them to look into uh yeah, I can speak again from my experience. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it's a trend, but yeah, the biggest issue that affects all of us and it will be becoming more and more uh, important and critical is the climate change and uh, yeah, solving, uh, uh, actually lowering the carbon emissions. So, and this affects any industry that you can think of. So if, I mean, there is so much space for improvements and things, whether you look at agriculture, at new materials, at packaging, at uh, energy, at mobility, uh, I think I will be super happy to see more people really uh, getting on, the, on, on something that is somehow helping to solve the climate change. Mm -hmm. Great. And... Moving to you a little bit more kind of on the personal, uh, but as well professional side. Um, one thing that's always uh, interesting to, to learn about is what is an advice that you oftentimes give, but do not follow yourself? Mm, don't get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what's, the, what's the Stoics take on that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, self-control, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's that, that's like uh, overwhelmingly uh, coming up as, as an issue, you know, kind of uh, keeping out of distraction. We are uh, very hyper-connected and many things come up. Yeah, just uh, everything in, uh, in our day, uh, world is now made for distraction. And uh, if you manage to somehow 
persevere your uh, focus and priorities uh, then you can really be bring more in your work in uh, relationships in everything because it's distraction is uh, yeah it's everywhere definitely no and um yeah and uh, i think it's a struggle we're all fighting with very last question in your experience so far and and hopefully that's something that you learn from what has been your biggest mistake my biggest mistake i don't know <laughs> as i said i'm not perceiving things as mistakes <laughs> it's like learnings <laughs> let's again escape what has been your biggest learning then if we want to reframe it this way uh my biggest learning is uh, uh or maybe guiding principle is just to, to take opportunities. Uh, although there might be super uncertain and you don't know what uh, it will bring. It just for me, it's every, everything. I mean, this is how default was born. Uh, this was how I decided to do the master. This is how I started practicing some sports. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so just, uh, just take the opportunity that comes along your way and they'll bring you to new world to new yeah new places in the world and new people i think yeah yes very inspiring as well as a way of closing and i like very much the approach of you know taking everything as an opportunity as a learning not not really thinking on about things as mistakes radina thank you very very much for uh your time for sharing your inspiring story and as well your positive vision all the best moving forward um yeah and thanks again for uh having spent some time with us thank you it was a pleasure <laughs> okay thanks ciao if you still want to learn more remember you can register on our platform dobetter.asade.edu that was all for today until next time thank you do better